Welcome to Help, Help I'm, I'm Obsessed, obsessed with, with the Enneagram, a podcast where we discuss the lives of fictional characters to avoid obsessing over our own. This week we're discussing the Disney princesses. But before we get into that, who are we and what the heck is an Enneagram? Kyle, take it away. Hi, I'm Kyle um, and I am a type 4 on the Enneagram and my pronouns are he, they. The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system that has nine types. The type one, the reformer, type two, the helper, type three, the achiever, type four, the romantic, type five, the observer, type six, the loyalist, type seven, the enthusiast, type eight, the challenger, and type nine, the peacemaker. Um, There are more nuances involved in that, um, but we can get into more details of those as and when they come up. And my name is Catherine, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm type 5, and I am an aspiring screenwriter. I have an MFA in screenwriting from Boston University, so, so we're basically just going to analyse a TV show or a film every week and chat about what type we would put the characters into. Yeah, basically. Welcome back to Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram. What are we talking about this week, Kyle? This week we're back with Disney Princesses. Um, it is part two of the Disney Princess Extravaganza. That is exactly um, the words that I was going to use <laughs> <laughs> to describe this as an, an extravaganza of Disney yeah, Princesses. You know, we yeah have split it across three episodes just because we could, like, yeah. uh, not for any other reason, really. Yeah, <laughs> we we're just chatting, wanted to chatting about all of the official disney princesses yes so there's no Uh, anna and elsa here no Uh, but we might do an episode on them in the future if you haven't mm -hmm. listened to the first episode it's available to listen to by the time you're listening to this so if we're chatting and you're like oh my god they've left up my favorite disney princess it's probably one of the other episodes so go have a listen yeah definitely um so who do we want to start with this week so this week our four princesses are um aurora from sleeping beauty uh, Rapunzel from Tangled, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. Um, shall we start oldest first with yeah, Princess so Aurora from Sleeping Beauty? Aurora, or she gets called Briar Rose as well in this film. Yes, she does. She has an so, alter ego. We're talking about the, <laughs> the Sleeping Beauty, the 1959 animated film by Walt Yes. A, um, a brief note, all of our all of all of the way we're talking about the princesses is they're like OG versions, the original Disney versions, none of the sequels, none of the remakes, none no. of the the maleficence or anything like that. Like no. just the OG original film, what we have in that film, and that's all we're going off. Yep. So Sleeping Beauty, based on the Grimm's Fairy Tale, as many of the older films are. Mm-hmm. Um I remember having this film as a book, like it was like a book oh, version of Sleeping Beauty, cool. um, which like was one of the things actually I really liked about rewatching the film is, is like the animation style of this is so beautiful, like mm. the painted sort of matte backgrounds are so. Yeah, pretty. I feel like they uh, they experimented a bit more with this one. Like I feel like they were trying some things out. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Sure. So. In complete honesty, this is a very difficult one because, to be quite honest, Aurora's in this film for all of about five minutes. She's in it for exactly 18 minutes out of a 76-minute 
runtime. And she has 18 lines in the entire film. Oh, so she has a line for every minute that she's in the film. For every minute that she's in the film. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I would Um, say a a good number of those. I mean, I guess that doesn't include, like, the song that she sings, I'm assuming. Yeah. This is information I got from a YouTube video, so apologies if it's wrong. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, she is not... For for a film (laughs) entitled Sleeping Beauty, she's actually not in it a lot because she's sleep for much of it well, <laughs> or that, just but that's the thing is she's not even asleep for that long like she just doesn't get featured very yeah. much well it's like um, it's more it's an interesting film in that like the plot is about her but she is not the person who is like making the plot happen like, yeah her birth like sets this curse in motion mm. Um, but it's like everyone else who's dealing with how to break the curse or like the after yeah. effects of the curse. She is quite passive yeah, in she her doesn't own really... destiny as opposed yeah. to many of the other Disney princesses that we've talked about. Yeah, very passive. Um, so I went on what I had. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not much. <laughs> nope. I, I, I honestly, I think you could probably end up making an argument for most of the types. Yeah. And I ended up going with type four, the romantic. I, I took note of the gifts that she was given. Um, so she's given the gift of beauty and, uh, fours have a connection with beauty. Um, and the way to sort of break her curse is quite romantic of true love's kiss. Um, some of the quotes I got for her was like, why do they still treat me like a child? Um, so I sort of linked that to the four sort of wanting to be sort of different and like rebellious a little bit and like Mm -hmm. trying to like go against the grain. Um, the way she falls in love with, uh, Philip, she says that he's tall and handsome and so romantic. Like, she <laughs> loves how romantic he is. And she kind of lives in this, like, fantasy world where she's thinking about this prince who will one day come. And she's, like, living in this fantasy, trying to escape the dull dreariness of, like, living in a cottage with three women who... <laughs> Her, her just, quote unquote ants. Yeah, like, how did they explain their relation to her? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, she wants someone to bring back a love song to her. Like, I just feel like she's a bit sort of dreamy. Um, she's willing to play pretend and be silly. She likes spending time by herself. Um, She's suspicious of train strangers, but then trusts them quite quickly, which, like, to be honest, I feel like is kind of a four thing of, like, (laughs) being suspicious, but then they're kind of, like, nice to you, and they're a bit hot, and, like, they're romantic, and you're like, well, I guess. (laughs) Like, like they sort of offer you this escape, so you're like, hmm, okay, sure. Um, (laughs) And she, like, puts a lot of um meaning onto things she puts a lot of meaning onto her dreams like she mm. feels like she's seen this prince in a dream she meets him in a forest and she's like oh it's destiny of I course say, of I course do, i'm supposed I to be with him as, but i do love the moment in the song when she's singing and she's like dancing with the oil dressed up and then he mm. like swoops in oh and that is, is like yeah 
Love it. Um, yeah, and then when she's not allowed to see her prince, she cries a lot. So that's true. She does get upset. Um, so that is my argument for her being a four. I can see the argument. I Thanks. I'm going to make a different argument. Cool. But like, I think you're right. I find her quite difficult to type. Yeah. Just because there's not a lot to go off. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I picked up on a lot of what you were picking up about her being uh, dreamy, that she's very beautiful. Uh, she's quite like gentle. Her main thing seems to be like she's a bit lonely and she, she wants mm, this like romantic dream. She does seem lonely. Dream. Um, but I thought, I did think of four, but I decided to type her as a type nine. Because okay, of yeah. kind of what we were talking about uh, with, was it Cinderella? I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, of this like idea of like nines wanting to like escape into this sort of dream, like mm-hmm. emotional fantasy. And mm-hmm. I feel like her being like, oh, I met this prince in a dream. <laughs> and then she's in the forest and she's singing about like wanting to meet this prince again. It's a very sort of emotional fantasy territory. Mm. Um and I think also, like, the passivity in her character is mm. very, like, nine-ish. The fact she's very, like, trusting of everyone around her. Like, at no point in the film does she ever, like, really stick up for herself or, like, create conflict with any- no. anybody. She is very much like, I will just go with everything. Even whenever she's told, like, oh, you're actually a princess. You can't be with this guy that you met in the forest because you're betrothed to somebody else. Like, mm. she's upset about it. But she doesn't argue about it. She's like, yeah. okay, I have to go and I guess. <laughs> I suppose I will just go marry this prince that I'm engaged to. Like, mm. she doesn't argue in any sense of the word. Um, which I feel like a four maybe would argue a mm. little bit more than she does. And I think yeah. she just accepts it, which to me was very nine in this sense of like wanting to keep harmony, like not wanting to have conflict, wanting to like avoid doing anything that's going to upset anyone else around you. Mm. Um. So yeah, that was my argument for being nine. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and I think especially there's this thing with the withdrawn triad, so nine, four, and five are in the withdrawn triad, that sometimes they can struggle to speak up for themselves. And I think yeah. that's something that we're we're recognizing we're both recognizing in yeah. her is this other, struggle to speak up for herself. The other reason that I thought maybe she would be a nine is like she does seem to enjoy a rule. She's not like mm. I need to be stuck to a rule in the way that a type one would be. But mm. I think she could very easily be a nine with a one wing in the way that she's like, oh, I'm not meant to talk to strangers. But then she's like, oh, but we've already <laughs> met before. Like, she, like, bends the rule for herself. She's like, oh, uh-huh. but it's, it's fine because we've already met. So that doesn't count. It's not breaking the rule. Um, she's wild. <laughs> <laughs> we've already met before. What's uh, it, like, dream? I'm sorry. If you met from the perspective of prince philip she has met a strange lady in the forest who's just going around singing dancing with an owl who says oh we've met before in a dream like (laughs) i'd be a bit concerned i mean i guess philip has has also led quite a sheltered life up until this point (laughs) 
These maybe, two maybe there's kids, no many, many maidens in the castle for him to interact with, so he doesn't know what's normal. Oh, these two, they were meant for each other. <laughs> so, let's have a look at some questions from The Art of Typing by Ginger Lapid Bogder. Um, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you will know we always consult this book constantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It compares all the different types to one another, um, so that you can better type yourself, or help your friends, or someone else type themselves. Um, so, question one: In your emotional life, even if you don't show it outwardly, are you highly intense and dynamic, or are you mellow and low key? She doesn't really show herself to be particularly like intense and no i was gonna say i can't even think of a situation where like she doesn't speak up about something and like she, but you can tell she's feeling something on the inside i think she's just mm. very mellow a lot like, of the time yeah like the example you were saying when she gets told like that she is betrothed to someone else and that she's a princess she is upset but yeah, she's like also, she's not like she doesn't what? like you've lied yeah. to me my entire life <laughs> like <laughs> she's just sort of like okay, I'll go and cry now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless her. Um, Okay, so that definitely leans into more of a, like, nine territory. Yeah. So question two, when you engage with others in conversation, is your preference for, or are you adept at deep, meaningful, and authentic conversations or do you prefer and are adept at small talk in order to develop rapport? I'm not sure that we see her talk that much. <laughs> I, we I don't we barely she, see I her mean, interact with others. I don't think Prior Rose has had to make small talk ever because she's just never spoken to anyone else. <laughs> God, this poor girl. Well, the only people she talks to are the fairies. <laughs> she's hardly making small talk with them. <laughs> Um, like what do you think her first conversation with her real parents is like <laughs> like what is that conversation well let's think like do you think she is would she go, just sat- she would i don't think she would go in and be like time for like a really deep i want to understand how I, who i am oh my gosh you're my parents are like you left me like why did this happen i think she would be like the castle's very pretty have you had these curtains long? Like, <laughs> have you had these curtains long? Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that she would oh delve gosh. that much into why they decided to put her in a cottage with three random fairies. I think fairies. you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> oh, this poor woman. Okay. <laughs> That's definitely leaning into nine territory, I think. Yeah. Um, not that nines in real life are necessarily quite this passive. No, I, I just think... think... <laughs> I think, again, it's similar to the conversation we were having about Cinderella last week, where it's just, like, representative of the time. And this yeah, is, like, the I 1950s, think so. like, women at this point in time are passive as fuck. And also this, the original fairy tale that it's based off... That character is super, super passive. Like, well, she yeah. doesn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they're expected to be passive. So that's what they get. Phil, they, that's what they get. Um, How they get represented. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so question three. 
when something doesn't go as you hoped, so her mm. engagement. Yep. Do you lament about this in your conversations as a way to share your feelings or do you keep your feelings more to yourself and turn to a more optimistic view of what has occurred? She keeps it to herself because whenever 100%. she gets to the castle, she's like, they're like, here's your crown and they magic her crown up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it's on her head, she just bursts into tears. Like she doesn't tell them like, oh, I'm no. upset because of this. I want to share yeah. my feelings with you. They're like, we need to give her a moment. And they leave the room <laughs> to let her cry by herself. <laughs> Questionable parenting, in my opinion, but sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she fully, like, I think she does deal with her more difficult emotions by herself when yeah. she's alone. She doesn't share those feelings necessarily a lot with others. Um, so, yeah. Type nine. <laughs> I'm convinced that she is Would nine. Would you agree with the wing that I I give her, which is a one wing? Yeah, I think so. Eight. I think she she really struggles to stand up for herself. And I think while nine wing eights obviously still have that part of them where they struggle to stand up for themselves because they still have that dominant nine, I think they can access it that little bit easier yeah. than a wing one. And I just don't think she can access that very I easily at all. She has that sort of ideal of like wanting to be good wanting to be like the good right thing to do in this situation is for her to go marry the man that she's betrothed mm-hmm. to and not to actually say what she wants <laughs> <laughs> oh, like goodness girl. the man that she's betrothed to is the guy that she met in the forest right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> what how convenient um oh. yeah so, Sleeping Beauty, a r- Princess Aurora is a Type 9 wing 1. I think that. Bless her. Yeah. I would fair. really love for someone to do a modern. Like, out of all of the. I'm not a huge yeah. fan of the Disney reboots, but if they were going to reboot any of them, they fully could take Sleeping Beauty. And, like, she's such a blank slate that yeah. you could really give her a really cool character. Definitely. Without feeling like you're tampering too much with the old film. Like, that is a Disney reboot that I would watch. Well, and I'd love to see... I feel like Aurora is very naturally, like, hyper-feminine. Yeah. And I feel like quite often this... The, the line that they go down with reboots... Like is making them women. yeah really like badass and like so like they just make them more like masculine essentially yeah and make them go oh look how like cool she is and how badass she is and it's like that's great i love that i'm glad they're doing that but like let's also have a princess who's like maybe a bit more like chill and like how we might expect a princess but she's still really powerful and like does some cool stuff and like yeah is in charge of her own destiny or something. So Disney, if you're listening to the podcast, which we know that you are, because you're Obviously. a regular listener, um, yeah. make a Sleeping Beauty reboot, okay? Please do. Done. <laughs> I think maybe, I haven't seen Maleficent, um, but I, I wonder... I have seen Maleficent, but it is very much focused on Maleficent. But in the, like, second, isn't there, like, a second film? Do they look more... Oh, there is a sequel. I have not seen the sequel. But in the original film, like, Sleeping Beauty is still very much like, I met a man in a forest, like, he's amazing. (laughs) Like, she's not that much more developed. (laughs) Mm. Okay. That's fair. Um, Yeah. Nice. Nice. 
So moving Who on. Who would we like to do next? Should we jump to a more modern princess? Yeah, Just let's. spice things up. Yeah, let's do Shall it. Shall we chat about Tiana from Princess sure. and the Frog? Sure, let's do Tiana. Yeah, the Princess and the Frog came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, based on like an old fairy tale, the Frog Princess, uh, mm-hmm. about a, a frog that is secretly a prince. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Tiana. How did you type her? I think she was quite easy to type. I think she is, if you've typed her in the same way as I have. <laughs> yeah, like, if you've done it right, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I was between, near the end, I was, like, between two types. But I think, I think, yeah, I think she's yeah. relatively easy. So I think Tiana is very self-assured, quite charming. Uh, maybe Though maybe she doesn't realise that as much as this type would typically. Uh very competent, very energetic, super ambitious. I think Tiana is a type three. Um, because most of the film is like her her drive and her ambition in the film is, I want to open this restaurant. My dad wanted to open this restaurant. Like I need to do it for him and for my family. I need to share my love of cooking and food with people. Like She wants to be a role model for other people, mm-hmm. which I think is very type three. She's very workaholic. Um, mm-hmm. One of the quotes that I read on is uh, her talking about like wishing on a star. And she's like, no, that was stupid. I shouldn't have wished on a star. The only way to get what you want in this world is through hard work. Mm. So, yeah, I think like pretty much everything she does in the film, like she's like constantly working on baking and stuff. And it's her friend Charlotte who has to like drag her away and try mm. and encourage her to have fun. And, and I think that's actually why, like, her and the prince in this film, Naveen, make such a fun couple to watch because mm. he's so opposite to her and that he has very little, like, ambition or sense of responsibility mm. um, and is all about having fun. So it's a really nice, like, swap of them having to teach each other how to be like the other person. Like, mm. I think it makes for a really lovely pair. Yeah. Do you agree? I do agree. Um, and I do agree. I think Naveen and Tiana are such a lovely, like, coupling. I really like their sort of, their storyline and their journey and yeah. stuff that they and go on. I also on. think this film, like, does a really good job of taking the original story, which is, like, very bare bones, mm. about, like, a girl who throws a ball into a pond and meets a frog, and then the frog yeah. is to be a prince, like... They do such a good job of like making it really cool and setting it in New Orleans and mm. like having all the music and bringing in all of this, this voodoo magic stuff. Like they really take it and run with it and make it very yeah, original. Definitely. And yeah, some of the other quotes I got from her, um, someone said to her, like one of her friends says, all you ever do is work. So that's that workaholic aspect. Um, she says that she doesn't have time for dancing. Um, she doesn't have time for messing around. Um, <laughs> she's got to make it happen and it all depends on her. Um, the only way to get anything is, uh, is in this world is through hard work. Yeah. Um, she's worked hard for everything she's got. Uh, and she even says, if you do your best every day, you get, <laughs> what's the end of that quote? <laughs> no, I've just put, I've just put dot, dot, dot. What's the end of that quote? (laughs) 
if you do your best, basically she's saying if you do your best every day, you'll get your dreams or whatever. Yeah. But I don't remember what the actual end of that quote is because apparently. I also really like, like at the end of the film, part of her like dream has ex- like her dream has expanded to include Naveen. Like she yeah. has a line where she's like, "You were part of my dream now." And so therefore, like, that's why I want you, because you're part of this bigger Mm. ambition, this bigger goal that I have, which I think is really cool. I think that's nice. I think it's one of the, I think what they, what I like about these later princess films is they started to put a bit more effort into, like, building a relationship between the prince and princess where you were actually like, oh, this is actually like a a good couple like they haven't just met one day yeah and they're just like lol sure let's get married because yeah. we're the only two people we've ever met like yeah, exactly. um <laughs> yeah you see her like arguing with yeah a lot. Uh, like in much of the film i would actually say she's quite reluctant to fall in mm, love with him definitely because that's not part of her goal it's not part of her we well, are yeah, and i think her life that's kind of a three thing of like this sort of almost a detachment from emotions because like they almost get in the way of the dream a little bit. They get in the way of the goal. It's like, yeah. no, I don't need to, let's shut that off. Um, and then another quote I got from Naveen saying about her is something that um, is one of the, uh, in the wisdom of the Enneagram, it has like a list of like phrases that you like you rate on how much you relate to that phrase and one of the phrases for a type three is like you light up when um you're doing something you like are really good at and passionate about and he says i love the way you light up when you talk about your dream and i just yeah i like that um but yeah i think yeah i think she's great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and also, like, the fact that uh, threes, like, healthy threes uh, go to a six mm. when they're, like, at their healthiest, like, when they're in uh, a period of growth. Mm. Like, she's so loyal to her friend Charlotte. Definitely. Which, considering, like, her friend Charlotte is, like, quite, like, spoiled, like... Her friend Charlotte is a nightmare, but I love like, her. yeah, like, she... <laughs> creates a lot of drama for tiana and she's mm. still like no she's my friend like i'm gonna mm. help her out regardless yeah she's great i love tiana yeah i'm <laughs> such a fan yeah i can't I, there's, I there's not much more i can say that balance of like what we were talking about with these disney reboots of sort of how they're trying to make all of the the princess is very like i'm kick-ass and if you hurt me i'll kick your butt like mm. which it's fine, but like it gets a little grating when they're all like. Yeah, that. you don't need Tiana every princess has this really to be like great that. Balance of like, if you mess with me, I will tell you off. But mm. she's also allowed to be like soft too. Like mm. she's a really lovely balance of the two without needing to be like, I'm kick ass, <laughs> mm. <laughs> or I'm super <laughs> passive and I'm just gonna fall in love with the man in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, awesome. So where did you wing her? I said that she was a wing four because I do think she does appreciate like beautiful things. Like I think she enjoyed like I think she enjoys how beautiful Naveen is, but she's not Mm. quite like willing to admit it. She is, but she is like, "Mm, yeah, I see it. And yeah, I feel like that felt more 
natural to me than her being a wing too because I don't think mm-hmm. like she does help people but I don't think it's what she's really going for in life is to like help other people I think she's like I want to share my love for like food with other people but not necessarily mm. because I'm like helping people and I want to thank you for it mm. yeah I originally was gonna type her as a wing too but I did just double check the wisdom of the Enneagram and I was reminded that usually wing fours are driven by their like career success while wing twos are more driven by their like success with people and their success Mm. with like relationships and stuff and like she's definitely hyper focused on her career success and not too bothered about her relationship with people's success um so yeah i i yeah i'm willing to concede on her being a wing four princess tiana type three wing four yeah definitely so we're going back in time there was a big gap between sleeping beauty and the little mermaid like (laughs) big big gap i feel like disney kind of were like yeah we're done with princesses and then they were like (laughs) "Mm, maybe not (laughs) maybe not (laughs) yeah um so we have Ariel, yeah, um, from the Little Mermaid. This yeah. is, yeah, a, a again, nineteen eighty nine film. Again, based on a fairy tale by yes. the same name by uh, Hans Christian Andersen. This one was actually fun for me because I had to study this as part of my one of my adaptation classes during my masters. Oh, so awesome. we read the original story and then we watched the Disney film and talked about the changes in the two, which was really mm. cool. Um, and the original story is much darker yeah it really is uh the little mermaid has to like like every step she takes whenever she has legs is as if like she's stepping on knives Mm -hmm. um the prince doesn't fall in love with her um she has to decide whether she's gonna like kill him and his new wife or not and her decision to not do that and to like throw herself in the sea and like basically commit suicide allows her to like basically ascend to be an angel like there's very like christian over yeah like the disney film has none of that no <laughs> disney were like mm, we like the mermaid bit <laughs> they were like a little mermaid maybe she sings some songs <laughs> <laughs> she's got a lovely voice <laughs> but it's interesting um, like they did keep some elements so the original story does have a she does have sisters she has a grandmother and there is a witch and they kind of combine elements of those two characters to make mm. the character of ursula in this film there's obviously a prince ursula is so funny like on re-watching all of these films i am more excited about the prospect of us eventually doing a villains yeah. like version of this not straight after our princess <laughs> our princess podcast but yeah so ariel the little mermaid <laughs> um what type do you think she is kyle so i i i sort of have made my my own issues because Basically, I normally, like, look into if anyone else has ever typed um, characters that we look at. But I think this is one of the, like, biggest group of people that people love to type. Um, Yeah. And so I did look into what other people had typed the princesses. And because I'm a four, I keep going, I don't want to type it the same as everyone else. But I have basically (laughs) ended up typing all of them the same as what 
other people have typed them. I mean, it's okay to come to a general consensus yeah. on something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your type so- four is just being like, I need to be the independent bitch in the room. <laughs> so anyway, after some resistance, I did end up typing her as a type seven, um, the enthusiast. Um, so she's quite sort of scattered, like... She forgets about the concert. Um, she's pretty calm under stress. Like, she sort of... When the shark is attacking her and flounder, <laughs> like, she's just sort of like, <laughs> I'm just going to go over here. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll be fine. Don't worry. Like, she sees the silver lining in things. She's friendly. She wants to investigate and explore the world. Um, yeah, she wants to understand the world. She's willing to stand up for herself. She's a hoarder. Um, <laughs> I don't you're know. just saying that because your partner is also a type <laughs> seven and is also a bit of a hoarder. A hundred percent. That is fully why I wrote that down. Um, no, I think it. Uh, in my mind, I think sevens can have this tendency for that because they just want to hold on to all their experiences and hold on to all of their things. That's such a lovely um, way to think about it, though. I've actually never thought about like why that would be <laughs> yeah i suppose i think i also relate to it because i'm a bit of a hoarder as well um but yeah and uh she's kind of got this the grass is always greener attitude like she thinks she'll be happy if she has legs and can be with all the humans like mm-hmm. she kind of always thinks something else will be more fun and more better like better more better that's more better <laughs> um She's curious about what else is out there. Um, She's a bit flighty and distracted. Uh, She's kind of always just wandering off. She's excited by new things. She loves someone after literally just seeing him. Like, she doesn't have a conversation with him. Doesn't, like... She's just like, yeah, I love him. But I think it's, like, the the idea of him. Yes, That she has created for herself. Um... She makes decisions without really thinking about them. She's always smiling. Um, the thing that made me laugh the most was when she wakes up and Scuttle comes in and is like, oh my god, congratulations, you're engaged. She wasn't present at any engagement, but she <laughs> goes, oh, I'm so happy I'm engaged. Brilliant. Fantastic. Like, and I just, I felt like that was a bit of a seven mentality of like, Oh great! It's all worked out. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> See the positive and everything. Like not, not to have her immediate thought be, "Oh my god, he's engaged to someone else." She goes, "Oh, fantastic! I didn't even have to be there for the engagement. Like <laughs> it's, it's just happened. <laughs> like it's all worked out." <laughs> like so, yeah. That is very funny. <laughs> that is my argument for Ariel being a type seven. <laughs> I completely agree. I think yeah. she's also um, Yeah, for many of the reasons that you just said. I think she's very curious about the world. She's very extroverted. She's very scattered, like what you said about her missing the concert at the beginning. She's very, like, blasé about missing it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the Despite the fact that she's, like, the lead singer yeah. for the evening. Fully. Like, her poor sisters must be so sick of her bullshit. Like, right? can you imagine being like, I have to be back up to this bitch who won't even turn up? 
I want a film about her sisters. <laughs> she's very playful, um, like especially with Flounder, who's like quite anxious. She's always mm. like, no, you're not, are you Let's scared? You're not going to come explore the ship with me? Come on. Um, she's quite spontaneous. Um, like when she goes to see the witch and the witch is like, cool, you can have legs, but you're going to lose your voice. She's like, okay, okay I guess I'll go for it. Like, I'm not going to go check with anyone. I'm not gonna like. No, not gonna think over it for a minute. <laughs> no, let's just go for it. <laughs> I'm sure, nothing could go wrong. Um, and I, I do love that she just has like a huge for like five minutes. I was like, is she a type five because she has this huge collection of like stuff about people. And she's like, I want to be where they are. Like, I, I want to know what they know. Like, mm. what is fire and how does it burn? I was like, in, are you type five? Yeah, and then I was I like, no, she's a bit too, well. like, outgoing, I think. Like, mm. she's not isolated enough or, like, I don't know. Yeah, she's too outgoing and, like, wanting freedom, I think, yeah. is her main thing. Like, her main conflict in the film, I think, is, like, with her father, King Trident. And mm. it is so funny to watch this film as an adult because I used to relate to Ariel so much. And then you watch <laughs> it as an adult and she has this line where she's like, I'm 16, I'm not a child anymore. And you're like, you are a child. Yes. You're such a child. Fully. Wow, how the tables have turned. <laughs> but I also think that's a very, like, seven attitude of being, like, a teenager who wants to be a grown-up already so that you mm. have that experience of being a grown-up mm. um yeah so i completely agree um yeah. if you were gonna give her a wing what wing would you give her so i'm not sure about this um i did give her a wing six and i think that was just because she was quite like loyal to like flounder literally <laughs> now that i think about it i'm like she's not particularly loyal to I mean, like it's pretty, everyone yeah no it's pretty <laughs> much just like she's not particularly loyal to like the entire kingdom of people no. who are like waiting like she the implication is like she's gonna be the next leader of like the mermaids yeah and she's like abdicating that responsibility am i <laughs> and <laughs> she doesn't like, really like my prince now that i think about it she doesn't really like worry at any point in the film like no. uh, particularly other than she's things that like free. everyone would be worried about so i'm well, sort she, of the only thing that she's worried about is like getting this guy to kiss her she's like yeah. he needs to kiss me god damn it <laughs> um but i also yeah so i think i've I've out-argued myself into maybe a wing eight. (laughs) (laughs) I think I give her a wing eight because she does stand up for herself and is very self-assured when she is having arguments with people. Mm. Um... And also, like, like just the self-assuredness of, like, being able to look at all these human objects and being like, this is a thingamabob, this is a dinglehopper, this is what it's for, like, yeah. I know, I don't need to, like, ask anyone else about this, I've decided. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's a wing eight, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Ariel, the little mermaid, type seven with a wing eight. Yeah, I think that's that feels right. Cute. <laughs> so, that brings us to... Our final princess, Rapunzel, <laughs> from Rapunzel. Tangled. I, on re-watching this film literally just a few hours ago, I think this is my favourite Disney princess film. I thought it was Moana, I thought it was Merida, uh, Brave, 
but I think this is the one. Yeah, I think I this one rates very highly for me as well. I yeah. just I really love both, like, well, I was going to say both the main characters, like, all of the characters in this film yeah. are so well written. Even so well the thought horse. Out, and all of, even the <laughs> horse. Um, and they all have such, like, complex relationships with each yes. other and complex relationships with their, like, inner selves as yes. well. And, oh, it's, it's great. It's also, so I love fun fact about this film i'm pretty sure this is like i found this like the behind the scenes of the dvd or something mm. but um when they were creating the character flynn rider they the animators asked all of the women in the office to come to a meeting and they had what was called a hawkeye meeting and they got every all of the women in the office to basically be like these are the types of men that i find like super hot and then they used all of those as references to draw flynn rider because they just wanted him to be really hot that's iconic oh my god they also they did the same thing in up where like they took all the animators to like a dog shelter for the day and they just got to hang out with a bunch of dogs to like get references for the dog and up now that's so (laughs) cute um i love that uh yeah i also like quite embarrassingly sobbed like embarrassing sobbing during the lantern scene because i normally cry at the lantern scene yeah i don't know what was up with me today maybe i'm just tired or something but like i it was some uncontrollable sobbing during the lantern scene i think it's just because like it's the culmination of her like life's dreams and like she's falling in love at the same time and like it's it's all just yeah and it's just beautiful and Yeah. yeah think it was too much for my little type four heart (laughs) (laughs) it's so interesting that this film is called tangled as opposed to apparently it was going to be called rapunzel and then they changed the name to make it more gender neutral to like attract a bigger a bigger audience okay because obviously all the other ones are called like well like the princess and the frog is like the princess and the frog but it's very clearly about a princess (laughs) yeah that's interesting i wonder if it worked Like, I want to know the statistics for that. Like, (laughs) did it do what they wanted it to do? Or did it just kind of, like, not really work? (laughs) No, I think it it was one of the the most expensive films for them to make. But I also think it did... uh, Yeah, it was the eighth highest grossing film of 2010. Okay, so So it must have done well well enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it came out in 2010. Um, It's, again, based on, like... The, the old fairy tale of Rapunzel, who is a princess who has very, very long hair and is stuck in a tower. Um, I remember reading, like, the original fairy tale of this whenever I was really small and loving, like, the dude. So in the original fairy tale, she has this paintbrush. Mm. And the paintbrush, she the only way that she gets out of the tower is because she paints on the walls. And she paints, like, a magical door. And the door opens. And she's able to step out of the tower through, through the door and that's how she meets the prince in the original fairy tale because she paints like a doorway into the castle. Um, that's so cool. So it's such it's such a nice touch that in this film she has like covered the tower in paintings and like the paintbrush is still very much like a feature yeah. in the tower, even though well, that's and not... her paintings are essentially what ends up sparking it for her that she's like the princess. Yeah, yeah. I love it's a really that. Nice oh my god, really cool. that's sick! So, what did you type her as? I decided to type her 
based on the fact that I think she's super loyal. Like, once she decides that she's, like, trusted Flynn Rider, she's like, I am all in, buddy. <laughs> but she's also <laughs> quite defensive, very mm-hmm. anxious at times, quite cautious. She has a lot of, like, self-doubt and, like, suspicion about herself. Mm. Um, she really wants security. So I think because of all of that, I'm going to type her as a type six. Mm-hmm. Um so I think, like, the thing she wants most in the world, like, she obviously does want to see the lights, and that is, like, her ambition in the film is, like, I want to see the lights. But, like, even in seeing the lights, like, she's scared to see the lights. Like, mm. there was a bit... Oh, I um, got her quote. Oh, she says, yeah, she's I've been looking out of a window for 18 years, dreaming about what it might feel like when the lights rise in the sky what if it's not everything i dreamed it will be and then phil rider's like but it will be and she's like but what if it is like what do i do then and i feel like that's such like a type six thing of like at this thing that we've talked about before of like having a plan for any situation like thinking Mm. of like what if this happens what if that happens what if this happens like she's like what if my dream doesn't come true but also what if it does come true like i don't know what to do and the scene that i really loved (laughs) Is like the scene whenever she goes to leave the tar, like she's just gone out of the tar and she's like, this is the best day ever. And it's like a montage between her like having the best time of her life and running around the tar and feeling grass under her feet and being like, this is incredible. And also her being like, oh my God, I'm in so much trouble. I can't believe I've done this. I can't believe I've done this. And she's like freaking out simultaneously. I... And he's like, you seem to be at war with yourself. <laughs> I laughed so much at that montage and I also related so much to that montage. Like, I was like, that is me. (laughs) So I find, I think, like, this is very much sex behaviour. I find a little bit in The Millenniagram by Hannah Pash, which I Mm. reference quite a lot because the (laughs) the Enneagram book that I own. Um, But she has a little section where she's talking about the thinking triad, which type six are part of, mm-hmm. and about how a six fits into being in the, the thinking triad. Um, and she says, as the root number in the thinking triad, the six directs fear energy both outward towards the world around them and inward at themselves. Theirs is a constant battle between relying on outside systems and being suspicious of the very people and places they've learned to rely on. Sixes pull back, forge ahead, pull back, then forge ahead. Their longing for intimacy and their deep abiding wariness of the very people they want to be intimate with is a kind of snake-eating-itself dilemma. Which I feel like is very much what happens with her and Flynn, where she's like, I'm super suspicious of you. What the hell are you doing in my tower? And then she's also like, oh, I want to get to know you. Like, when she finds out that he's called Eugene and his whole backstory, she's like, oh my god, this sounds incredible. Like, tell me more. And then she's also like... But I can't believe you betrayed me like this. Like, you just wanted to use me. (laughs) (laughs) It's right back and forth. Yeah. I like that argument. What did you think? So, I had a consideration of six, definitely. And I actually put her wing as six. Oh, okay. Because I typed her as a seven. Nice. Okay. So, I, I just couldn't get over how much energy she had like Mm. she is so energetic she is so full of life um she has so many hobbies um i oh i was oh yeah she's like i was gonna make a list of everything she does in that first yeah candle making dressmaking knitting um painting 
what were the other ones? I can't remember. Reading, I was going to write them all down. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels like a hobby in itself, to be fair. Um, and she kind of knows how to entertain herself. Um, she talks very fast. She's naturally optimistic and always keeps trying. Um, she does the thing that sort of like, I nearly said she was a six because one of the things she says is, when I promise something, I never ever break that promise. Um, but yeah, she has kind of this roller coaster of emotions. Um, she uh, kind of has these dreams. She's determined. She's focused. She's kind and positive. Um, she kind of sees the future as like the biggest day of her life. And she puts all this sort of meaning and like, uh, yeah, kind of optimism into this day. And she's like, this is going to be huge. Um, and sort of is always looking to the future. Um she gets other people inspired and excited and she doesn't stay with negative emotions. I felt like, I feel like she maybe has them for a minute and then she's like, Nope, I'm going back to positive. Um, she like thrives in the adventure. Like when she's adventuring around with Flynn, she's kind of like living for it. Like she's kind of yeah. like really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking at my notes now. I'm like, there are a lot of points towards six as well in here <laughs> like yeah, she's well, a good I'm, problem solver and a quick thinker i can see seven tendencies in her like if i were to give her a wing it would be definitely a seven wing mm. because she does have this like adventurous outgoing sort of scatterbrain side to her mm -hmm. but i think like more than anything else like she is like super she's just super like trustworthy and she's also just like really great at like foreseeing problems before they happen yeah and like being able to like problem solve on the fly she's very good at problem solving um and then another thing this is not related to her type at all i just wanted to bring it up there's a point where she legitimately controls her hair like a tentacle or like an extra yeah. arm like she opens a window with her hair at one point <laughs> But, like, you don't see her, it's like... magic hair! You don't see her, like, whip her hair to open the window. Yeah. Her hair just opens the window. Like... It's, it's magical. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'd be intrigued to look at some questions for her. Yeah. Um, so we're back to The Art of Typing by Ginger Lapid Bogda. Um, so six versus seven we haven't looked at before. Um, no, I Which don't I'm quite so. excited about. Um... It says they're very different, but they can be mistaken for one another because they're formed in the head centre. Um, so fear is their common formative emotion. Um, so each triad has a formative emotion. Uh, for the thinking triad, which is five, six, seven, it's fear. For the gut triad, which is eight, nine, one, it's anger. And for the heart feeling triad, which is two, three, four, it is shame. Um, so sixes respond to fear by being vigilant about themselves, others, and their surroundings, while sevens run from their fear. Um, but, uh, they're wings of each other, um, and yeah, they kind of can share, share similarities. So, question one, glass half empty or half full? When do you plan, when you plan... Do you assume a glass is half empty? Things can and will go wrong. So you have to have backup plans. 
Or do you think and plan as if the glass is half full, thinking that almost everything will work out and have a positive outcome? So you don't really need contingency plans. So essentially, does she have backup plans? Yeah. I think she's... I don't know if she necessarily has, like, pre-planned backup plans. But I feel like if she needs a backup plan... Yeah, so, like, when... The moment in the film that I'm thinking of is, like, when she thinks that, like, Flynn is just there, like, for the tiara, Mm. she is very much like, oh, okay, right, well then, fine, cool. And she's very like, right, I can just change now, like, I'm gonna, I'll see the lights myself, it's fine. Like, whenever she has the conversation with Mother Gothel in the Mm. forest, and she's like, no, it's fine, I do trust him, but, like, even if I don't, like, I'm gonna go see the Mm. lights. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because I do think she's very optimistic, and, like, I would say, like, if I had to say she was more glass half full or glass half empty, I would say she was more glass half Mm. full. But I also wonder how much of that is just, like, a naivety of, like, never having been in the world before. That was what I did (laughs) struggle when typing her. I think why I ended up going with Seven was because I kept thinking... I felt like her, like, self-blaming or her, like, self-doubting. I was like, is this just the abuse? Like, or is this, like, actually who she is? Um, Because I, in this instance, I'm thinking of things like when she hits Flynn with a frying pan, she doesn't think about what to do next. She didn't, like, she didn't think, oh, no, there's a man. I need to hit him with this frying pan and then I'll do this. She just sort of went, oh, hit him with his frying pan. But then equally, would any of us think of what to do next if someone if someone broke into her? I mean, maybe sixes do. Maybe they do have. Well, I mean, she does then, once she's hit him with the frying pan, very quickly come up with the plan yeah. of, like, you're going to take me to find the lights. Like, I've been looking for a way to find these lights for a mm. while. You're going to take me. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I think... Let's move on okay. to the next question and maybe things will become more clear. Because I think that one's pretty split. Yeah. So, do you perceive yourself as a reasonably introspective person, exploring and reflecting on your inner world of feelings and experiences, or do you spend most of your time and attention thinking about new ideas and possibilities, engaging with interesting people, external stimuli that grab you in some way? I do think she's more external, you know. Yeah, she does. I think the fact that she is constantly like candle making, Doing painting, yeah, uh, knitting, like she's brushing not her hair, just like sitting in her own sort of mind no. space, like thinking about her own feelings about things. Because actually, that would probably be quite sad for her. Yeah, <laughs> stuck in her tower. She's very much like when I go see the lights, this is what's gonna happen. Like she's sort of got like a positive like this is where I'm going. Like, I've got that in my head. Like, I can hold on to that. Like, she doesn't really spend a lot of time going, oh, God, my situation's pretty bleak, isn't it? Like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think she... So that would lean her more towards Definitely. Um, So, finally, do you experience a wide variety of feelings and feel these intensely... For example, sadness, anxiety, anger, joy. Or do you primarily feel joy and occasionally anxiety, anger, or sorrow? It's basically about, I think, the intensity as well. Like, the intensity of those emotions. 
I would say she does feel a lot of emotions, mm. but you made a very good point earlier about like how briefly she sort of stops on those emotions. Like when she is anxious or when she is upset, she is like anxious and upset, mm. but she's not in that state for a very long no. time before she will find the positive in that situation. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she... like. Even in the end, whenever she cuts her hair off and she's, like, Mm -hmm. sacrificing herself for Flynn, she's, like, he's, like, please don't do this. And she's, like, no, it's okay. It's a good thing. Like, I've made my peace with this. Like, she still makes that into, like, a positive because for her, she's getting to save his Mm. life rather than this being, like, oh, my God, this is a horrible sacrifice. Well, he cuts her hair off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> We're right. But yes. But yeah. Yes. Well, like, basically when she's like, I, I want to save you. Yeah. For her, that is a bigger motivator than, like, potentially, like, dying yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. So that does lean her more to seven, I think. I think so as well. So do we think she's yeah. a seven it's the optimism i, I think, think the that's optimism what it was for me yeah she just was more than she was anxious she was like always yeah. seeing like that in silver the, lining in the the scene whenever they're like i have a dream mm. like flynn is very like i don't have a dream <laughs> <laughs> and she's very much like oh my god this song is yes! incredible all of these all of these things Thieves and criminals are amazing. I want to be their best friend. Should we all get drinks? Like, <laughs> keep in touch. You are invited to the wedding. Mm. Well, and I just, yeah, I think I also sort of had a bit of a theory with the fact that how Ariel and Rapunzel and Moana so far have all been sevens. I feel like yeah. maybe it's that's a way for Disney to make them a bit more like in charge of their own autonomy. If that makes sense as a sentence. No, that makes sense because it's like they want freedom and they want to be in charge of But they're still really positive and like princess-like because they're really like happy all the time. Like they're still able to be like happy jolly princesses, but they are autonomous and like... And a lot of the humour in this film... This film is hilarious. As opposed to The Little Mermaid where like Ariel is seven... We'll find out what we both think Eric is on a little quick yes. ride a little bit later. But, like, they, he's not very opposite to no. her, I would say. Well, there's Flynn is quite yeah. opposite to Rapunzel. Like, he is more grounded. He is quieter than mm. she is. And it makes for a lot of, like, really funny yeah. scenes. Like the I Have a Dream scene where everyone's like, what's your dream? And he's like, I have one. <laughs> like, why am I being made to do this? Yeah. Like, I, 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 Similar to the princess and the frog, I think they have a really like lovely, Definitely. healthy relationship that is like such a brilliant example for kids to Definitely. look at. Yeah. So yeah, I think so, Rapunzel yeah. a seven wing six. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. So we have two awards we give Me out every week. Too. We have the Oops, I Did It Again award. For the character who is the most, like, whatever type we think they are. Uh, they do the most type one things ever. <laughs> um, 
And we have the Clumsy Award for the character who was the most difficult to type. <laughs> Whether that's just through poor writing or maybe they're just super complicated and it makes them really hard to fit into one yeah. type. Uh, both references to Britney Spears songs. Yes. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> who deleted her Instagram the other day. Yeah. What's going on Drama. there? <laughs> and is engaged as well. What? We, lo- we love the Britney drama. The yeah. Like, um, I really need to... Maybe we should do the Britney Spears film Crossroads one week. Absolutely we should. <laughs> because then we get to give the Oops I Didn't Get Award to one of the guys. I, I think we just film. have to give it to Britney. <laughs> no matter how easy or hard she is to type in that film, we just have to give it to her. Um, so this week... I would like to give the Oops, I Did It Again award to Ariel. Fair. For being, like, just so... <laughs> for literally giving up like, her voice on a whim. She literally... Yeah, she literally is like, oh, to, to be with this man that I've never had a conversation with and only seen from afar, but, like, he's a hottie. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'll give up my beautiful singing voice. I'll figure out how to talk to him and woo him later mm. on. It's fine. I'll just do it as I go. Um, I think she's just, yeah, very type seven, very adventurous, very playful, spontaneous. Like the fact that even in the beginning of the film, like she clearly spends a lot of her time just treasure hunting mm. from like old ships. It's a very seven. Yeah, I like that. I didn't really see her as any other type yeah. when I was thinking about her particularly. Hmm. So yeah. I love that. Who would you like to give the clumsy award to this week? I think we can only give it to one person this week. Uh, (laughs) I would like to give the clumsy award to Princess Aurora, because (laughs) who is Princess Aurora? We don't know, because we see her for less time than some of the side characters in this film. (laughs) What are her inner thoughts and feelings? Nobody knows. We don't know. (laughs) What does she, what does she want as opposed to what the kingdom wants for her? Nobody knows. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, poor Aurora. Yeah, poor Aurora, <laughs> indeed. So now it comes to our quick fire round. This is where we go through all the side characters, um, except for the villains, because we're probably going to do our own episodes on those. Um, yeah. And just quick fire through and say which type we think they are. We're not allowed to justify it. We're not allowed to explain it. We can't try and convince one another of it. We just have to say the type. So, shall we begin with... Let's go for it. Prince Philip from Sleeping Beauty. Prince Philip, type 8. Type 4. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Merryweather? 8. 8. She's a little argument. Yeah. <laughs> Flora? Uh, four. Six. Oh. Fauna? Two. Two? Oh. Uh, Flounder? Uh, six. Six. Sebastian? One. One. We're agreeing on so many this week. Eric? Eric? Seven. Uh, nine. Oh! <laughs> Triton? Oh, uh, eight. Eight. Uh, uh, Naveen? Oh, Naveen is so hot. Um, seven. <laughs> seven! <laughs> Yay! Charlotte? 
I didn't really Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I, I forgot to say one. about her, but I was like, yeah, sure. I'm four. Four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Louis the crocodile um, or alligator, whatever he is. Six. Four. Uh, Ray the firefly. Two. Nine. And finally, Flynn Rider. Three. Six. Okay, and I'm also going to throw in Pascal, the little comedian. Oh, um, two. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! You just listened to that and you were like, that was just a bunch of numbers. I don't get it. Send us a tweet with what types you think any of these side characters are. Yes. If you think, like, we just completely missed the mark. <laughs> <laughs> or if there's somebody that we forgot. Then yes. You're like, oh my god, you didn't even type that, that character. Like Mama Odie or something. Yeah. yeah. Send us your thoughts <laughs> over on Twitter or Instagram. Yes, please um, do. So, Catherine, do you have a writing tip hey. for us this week? <laughs> um, I do. I have a writing tip every week. Great! <laughs> Um, so my writing tip for this week is pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mainly to do with one particular princess. <laughs> I have a feeling about. I know what this writing tip is about to be. To be. <laughs> um, my writing tip would be to, if you're, I mean, particularly if the film is named after that character, <laughs> the, the, the eponymous character. <laughs> Um, maybe give them a little bit more uh, screen time so that we get a little bit of a sense of their desires. So, like, for instance, with Sleeping Beauty, who's the one that I'm throwing all this shit at, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get a lot of time in her own film for us to actually really know what she wants apart from, like, one song where she's talking about what she wants to be with the prince. And obviously, we all know it's a dated movie, and that's fine. But I think, like, you can have a film where, like, the person who the film is named after maybe like they don't need to be a super active character like you can have a very passive character as a main character but like they should still be forced to make decisions by other characters around them so I think it would be really cool if we had seen a version of Sleeping Beauty where like we know what she wants because maybe she expresses it privately to herself maybe she has a diary and we see her writing it like she could have a there's song there's so many she could have a song where she's like singing to like the aisles about like how she feels about having to now go be a princess in the castle instead of being briar rose in the woods um and just like get more of a sense of her personality and see a little bit more of like the conflict within her because I think that is what's missing from that film for me is like seeing her internal conflict I don't necessarily need to see her stand up and be like no I'm a badass adventurous princess and I won't do this like we can have princesses who are passive but it would be nice to see her internal conflict of like does she actually in inside of herself want to be a princess we don't know. It would just be nice to see a bit of it. So my writing tip for this week is like, even if you don't want to have a very active character, you want to have a passive character. I totally get that because I write a lot of like passive characters <laughs> as my main characters. Um, I really enjoy a passive character. A really good way to get us into their mindset is to show us their internal conflict, whether that's like a through a scene by themselves or a conversation with someone else. 
or by like forcing them into a decision so like a side character being like hey you have to make a decision now here is the decision and them going oh my god I don't know okay I guess I'll pick this thing like they don't have to be like I'm gonna actively decide to do this quest but someone else can force them to do it Mm. and they can still be passive see what I mean I like that yeah Nice. So that's my only tip for this week. I love that. (laughs) So. (laughs) An Enneagram tip from Kyle. My Enneagram tip this week, um, which I thought long and hard about. um, (laughs) um, You've been ruminating on it for days. Um, No, so my writing tip this week. My writing tip. Your writing tip. (laughs) Who does she think she is? Um, No, my Enneagram tip for this week is. When thinking about your own type, and to be honest, when watching a film or like whatever it is, when dealing with the Enneagram, is allowing yourself to remove yourself from trauma that you've experienced and think about like the core of who you are, because that's what the Enneagram's about. And I think this is something I struggle with with regards particularly to Rapunzel, but I think. To be honest, all these princesses have a lot of tra- very traumatic lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it kind of muddies the waters a bit at times when you're trying to type them because sometimes oh, you're seeing yeah. these people deal with like trauma and you're like people don't people don't necessarily act how you expect them to act. Yeah, in trauma. trauma. So like just because Rapunzel seems really loyal to Mother Gothel, that's not just necessarily because she's, like, generally loyal, it's because she's been, like, repeatedly... She's in, like, an abusive cycle with this woman and doesn't have anyone else as, like, a paternal figure... A maternal figure. Like, she doesn't have a parental figure other than Mother Gothel, so it's more comfortable, it's more natural to go towards her. And I think that can... Trauma can really mess with you understanding who you are and understanding the core of who you are. And if you've been through a lot of it, you might really struggle to type yourself because you act in a certain way because of trauma, not because of how you naturally react to those scenarios. it's like separating the trauma from your identity. Yeah, and I think also, to be honest, that's just a healthy thing to do. Like, at a certain point, this is especially fours need to do this but in general your trauma is not you you are not your trauma and like separate yourself from those things allow your trauma to be something that you went through not something that defines you um yeah i really like that good tips (laughs) (laughs) glad you spent so long thinking about that So, yeah, that's it for this week. That is. Um, but we are not done with the Disney we Princesses yet. We are not. <laughs> One we have more to a go. final Act 3 episode. Yes. Uh, where we're going to be chatting about the last couple of Disney Princesses. Yeah. So come back next week and give it a listen. Or go give the other one a listen. Yes, the first episode definitely. if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, and all of our social media will be coming up in a minute. So if you want to chat to us about what you think the Disney princesses are, if you think we got it wrong, or if you have suge- for 
uh, suggestions for mm, an episode yes. you think we should do. Definitely. We love a suggestion. We've done a couple already. Um, so send us a message, send us a tweet, and we probably will do your episode. Most likely. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Leave us a review if you like the show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Enya Obsessed. That's E N N E A Obsessed. We're also on Instagram at Enneagram Obsessed Pod. And if you completely disagreed with everything that we were saying, send us an email at enneagramobsessed at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail um, so we can actually hear your voices at anchor.fm forward slash Enneagram Obsessed. Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram is created and produced by us, Kyle Flynn Davies and Kath McFall. Music is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers from silvermansound.com. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>